0: All right, Alexander. Let's do a video update on what is going on in Ukraine. Putin called it the,
1: what do you say, the territory of Ukraine, or what was his exact? Point? I think I think the best translation is the territory known as Ukraine.
0: Okay. Interesting comment. He was saying that on uh, on the sidelines of. Uh, various meetings and reporters asked him about the Moscow drone strikes and all of that stuff and that's what he came up with not with that comment. Now some people say this was Putin misspeaking or he meant something different. Other analysts say this was this was deliberate. I mean he, he meant to say that he wanted to say that. Uh, he was uh, scripted to say that I mean this was something that he wanted to get out To the media. Um, What are your thoughts with that statement? Because uh, we have a lot of interesting things happening around Ukraine. Uh, In general, Alexander, my hunch, very, very big picture, is that the collective West is in, in a panic mode. That's
1: yeah, my hunch. I, that yeah, I, 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 could, yeah. I completely agree. But let's first of all turn to Putin. I, I read the comments. Um, they're actually on the Kremlin website. And it's, I think this is an important fact in itself, because if this was an unscripted comment, we wouldn't be seeing reading it on the Kremlin website as well. I mean, they don't reproduce every single word that Putin says. So I think it was Fully intended. In fact, I I saw the entire exchange. You can see the video of it. And it's absolutely clear to me that Putin answered a question that had been pre prepared in advance. In other words, the question was prepared and the answer was prepared. It all happened in the aftermath of the drone strikes. Putin starts with this long introductory passage in which he goes into great detail, unnecessary detail, some might think, about the reasons, the causes of the war. He talks about the fact that this drone strike has happened. He says that the air defence has dealt with it correctly and that no damage has been done and that in itself it is not particularly significant. He talks about it as a terrorist act. He says that it's intended to scare the Russian people and at the same time to provoke from them demands that Russia react in the same way. In other words, target Ukrainian civilians, which he doesn't want the Russians to do he then says that this is a terrorist act as i said and then he makes it he starts throwing in these references to the country known as ukraine now we've also had in conjunction with these words of putin statements from other russian officials one is medvedev and medvedev who as we know talks lots of things and he sometimes gives the impression that he's there basically to say the unsayable. <laughs> anyway, he, he said that um, if this present regime continues in Kiev, then the war will go on forever. So he's basically said that regime change has to be the objective. And we've also had comments from Denis Pushilin, who is the acting head of the Donetsk People's Republic, and he says... He's just said all in conjunction, you know, directly after Putin spoke, he addressed a conference somewhere, and he said that uh, we have to liberate, as he put it, the whole territory of Ukraine, because if we don't, then if the Ukrainian Ukrainian regime retains control of any part of this territory, it will continue to be a long-term threat. So I think that we have here... A pile of signals. I don't think that they're yet officially declared policy, but the Russians have given us the clearest indication of the way they're now thinking. And coming to what you said about the West being in panic mode, I think that's right. The Russians, by contrast, are in very confident mode, and they're basically saying that they've had it up to there with Ukraine and all that Ukraine is all about. And if this goes on, continues in this way, well, they're going to go all the way to the western border and finish off Ukraine once and for all.
0: What does that mean, regime change, when Russia says it? When the U.S. says regime change, we know what it means. Uh, Well, it can mean a lot of things, color revolution, Uh, it could mean an actual war, invasion, conflict, uh, assassination of a leader like, for example, Gaddafi. So I mean, we, we have an understanding when the U.S. says regime change, we know it could also mean NGOs and stuff like that, protests. What does it mean when Russia uh, hints they haven't they haven't actually said regime change? Just to be clear, but when they send out these signals that they're done with the leadership in Ukraine, they're they have to remove the leadership. Uh, to you, what what does that entail? What is what does that mean? Because I I don't see Russia militarily going all the way to Lviv. No. Maybe yeah. they will. I don't know. I mean, no. anything can happen. But I don't see them. Doing that in the near future, like saying that yeah. next year, doing that. But who knows what? We what don't do these signals really.
1: Mean? You see, this is the trouble. We don't really know whether the Russians have are working to a prepared plan. I think they are. Can I just say that? I think the fact that all of these statements have all come out together, and the fact that Putin has made this particular statement suggests that the Russians now do have a plan. But I'm not going to say that I know exactly what it is. Now, Russia has consistently, in the last 30 years, ever since the Soviet Union fell, set its face against regime change in any country. I mean, they, they say that they are against it. But Putin went into great detail to say that the government in Kiev is not representative of its people, that people there are afraid, that, in effect, it came to power um, illegitimately through a coup, and that it isn't really the proper government of Ukraine. I think what Putin is talking about here is that probably the Russians do expect at some point to take over more territory than just the four regions. That's my guess. I think that that's now looking increasingly plausible. But I suspect that what they will do once they have occupied Kiev, if they do that, central Ukraine, if they do that, is that they will try either to you know, hold referendums there or elections there for a new government, or alternatively, they will try to pressure Zelensky to step down and to make way for someone that they prefer, perhaps Medvedchuk, who is now in Moscow. I mean, you know, it's difficult to know. The one thing I still think that the Russians probably will not do is go all the way to the Vov. Viv, whatever whatever you want to call it. I I think that Putin has already previously said that as far as he's concerned, that was territory taken from Poland by Stalin and that he thinks it was a mistake to do that on Stalin's part. And he's actually cited comments made by a deputy in the Imperial State Duma before the First World War that if you take... um, try and take control of Galicia, you will lose Ukraine. So I think, you know, Putin endorsed that. So I think, you know, he, he perhaps is either seeing some sort of partition of Ukraine or an agreed partition arrangement of Ukraine or perhaps some kind of rearranged government in Kiev and quite probably an expansion of territory, taking in all the territory that is occupied by people. Whose primary language is Russian?
0: Uh, okay, but um, if you combine this with the the same the, the statement that he made at the same um, at, at the same uh, Q and A session with with this media, where he said that Russia is now striking at decision making centres, one could come to the conclusion that the signals are that Russia is going to go after the leadership. Is that yes. a yeah. proper conclusion? If that's the case, then we're looking at a drastic change in Russia's uh, oh, foreign policy. Um,
1: absolutely. Now, there is not isn't there there is an alternative, a yeah, very radical change in Russia's foreign policy. I mean, this, is, this would be a major departure from what they're doing. But, I mean, Medvedev, who, um, in, in those other comments that we mentioned, I mean, he was saying that already the special military operation, is now acquiring the trappings of a counter-terrorism operation because the um, regime in Kiev, as they refer to it as, is engaging in terrorism. So it's a terrorist state, essentially. So So that you could say that Russia has been consistently hostile to terrorism and that might be what they are thinking of. There is another possibility, which I think we mustn't overlook, which is that this is all intended to scare <laughs> that the russians are now talking about these possibilities about you know ending ukraine entirely going after the leaders calling it an anti-terrorist operation because they want to add to the sense of panic in the west and to try to get the west which i think understands that this war cannot be won now to try to push them even faster into some kind of negotiating track I don't think that myself but it is a possibility do you think if
0: uh, if Ukraine continues to, to to go down this this slow yeah. collapse I, I, I'm calling it a slow collapse yeah that's how it looks like to me uh, if Ukraine continues towards this down downward trajectory, do you think Putin could actually approach Poland? Let's just say Poland, Hungary, uh, Slovakia, and Romania. I think those are the countries that in one form or another can legitimately say that they have some sort of claim to, historical claim, to some territory or land in in the western Ukraine. Do you think that Putin could approach one or all of these countries and, and say, look, um, we're winning this thing. We're we're going to uh, to achieve our objectives, and uh, we we're telling you straight up we don't consider these regions as part of of uh, this this future state of Ukraine or whatever it's going to be. Uh, what do you guys think? You know, what do you think, Modzelewski, Duda? What do you think, Orbán, uh, Johannes? I mean, do you think that's possible, or is that just yeah, yeah, yeah way yeah, yeah. out of
1: the question? It is, it is very possible. In fact, it, is an, it has lots of attractions from a Russian point of view. And one of them is that it would potentially split NATO. <laughs> because NATO officially, the United States officially, is there to defend Ukraine, defend Ukraine's territorial integrity. If all of these countries join Russia and agree a partition with Ukraine of Ukraine, between them, and there might be some people in these countries who are very tempted to go down that road. If that is indeed what happens, then of course NATO splits because you're no longer pushing a um, a um, defence of Ukrainian territorial integrity because some of the NATO member states themselves are participating in the carve-up of Ukraine. The second thing you do is that you create a situation where these countries from being very hostile to you have in effect joined you in you know dividing up ukraine and that creates a connection between you and them it means that from now on they can't straightforwardly be your enemies anymore because well let's let's put it like this you've given them part of the fruits of your victory So, Romania, Poland, Hungary start to have a connection with Russia, which sets them against the West also. And last but not least, and specifically in the case of Poland, I am sure that there are some people in Moscow who say to themselves, give the Poles Galicia. Some of the Poles are incorrigibly hostile to us. Galicia for them is a poison pill. They will find it indigestible. It will create enormous problems for Poland. And at the same time, it will rid us of the problem of what to do with Galicia. So you can see how, from a Russian point of view, um, this actually might have a lot of attractions. And I can absolutely see the Russians, Putin himself, proposing it. And, you know, for all we know in a few months' time, that's exactly what we might see. Now, having said that... you got the other side. The other side. I mean, I don't know what the other, how the other side would react. I mean, I, 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 can again imagine that within all of these countries, there will be many people who say, "Let's go for this." I mean, these are historic territories that once belonged to us. There are our people are there: Hungarians, um, Romanians, are there? Poles, many Poles have strong feelings about uh, Galicia and its loss in 1939. And, you know, there might be a lot of people who would go for this. But then any government of any one of these countries, Hungary, Poland, Romania, would, of course, know that they were going completely against the wishes of the United States and the West and Germany and Britain and all of those. And they might balk at doing that because the the Americans would certainly see it. As these countries going over to the other side,
0: how would BRICS
1: view this? They would. They would support it if if this was a settlement that all the parties agreed to, especially uh, especially if after this partition plan, um, Putin arranged for sort of central regions of Ukraine, which are territorially enormous but lack population. I mean, the important city there is Kiev itself, but everywhere else around basically is, I don't see it's empty, but it's small towns and villages. It's not great metropolitan centers in central Ukraine. But if a government of some kind was set up there, I think the BRICS would, I think they'd be okay with it. I mean, it would settle the problem from their point of view of this wall, and at the same time, it would have done so through a diplomatic solution, which is what they say they want. So if the Russians, whatever hand-picked Ukrainians Putin can find, the Poles, the Romanians, the Hungarians all agree to this, then I don't think the BRICS will be bothered.
0: Okay, um, what other uh, alternatives are there, do you think, than a than type of partition plan, military regime change. What else do you think Putin could be talking about when he says territory of Ukraine?
1: Well, what he could be talking about, and this is the other possibility, is that he could be saying that Ukraine isn't entitled to all of this territory. So, I mean, that... that um, so, it could very well be that this is also something that he could be discussing with the Chinese. Now, we've had that rumour, which, of course, has now been denied... But denied notice, first and foremost, by Ukraine, not by not by China, not by the Europeans, that the Chinese are saying, uh, this is the rumour, that Russia takes the four regions. There's a huge demilitarised zone east of the Dnieper River, incorporating Kharkov. And the remainder of what is called Ukraine remains Ukraine. But, of course, the Russians will again want to have some kind of ...say over what goes on there... ...so that it's consistent... ...with the objectives that they say... ...that they still insist on... ...which is demilitarisation... ...and denazification... ...so that's, that's... ...perhaps also a possibility... ...I mean, Putin is leaving it open... ...it's very... ...he's keeping his cards very... ...very close to his chest... ...but he's... ...now floating... ...increasingly obviously... The probability that at the end of this, Ukraine will not be the kind of the, will not be the country that we have known of. It will be a different country, conceivably even under a different name. Ruthenia, Malarossia, Who's to say?
0: Okay, the, the U.S. Will, will not go for any of this stuff. I mean, um, they're going to mm-hmm. choose escalation.
1: Yeah,
0: as, as much as they can, because we are getting indications from uh From Ben Wallace and from stoltenberg that though though the neocons definitely want to escalate and and the neo labs the europeans jungle joseph Ursula they're saying no ceasefire and they would like to escalate as well. It seems like the collective West just doesn't have the uh, the juice anymore to to escalate i mean they're, they're out of they're almost out of uh, out of weapons,
1: yeah. Absolutely. Now, uh, the first thing to say about all of this is notice that the spring offensive is now the summer offensive, except, of course, that it hasn't happened. I mean, technically, in this part of the world, spring is now over. We're now in June. So it's been postponed again. I read an article today in The Guardian in which they said that, you know, this offensive could happen any time over the next few weeks. So, you know, where it was going to happen in a few days... It's now being talked about happening in a few weeks. Um, The explanation that is now circulating is that, quite straightforwardly, Ukraine doesn't have enough ammunition. It doesn't have enough ammunition to conduct an offensive. I suspect that a lot of that ammunition has been destroyed in these Russian missile, missile strikes and air raids that continue to happen every day across Ukraine. And we've now had production figures and they've come from La Repubblica and ultimately, by the way, from the Pentagon. So the US has now managed, apparently, to increase uh, shell production, artillery shell production, to 30,000 rounds a month. Uh, that would be six days, six days of use for Ukraine. 30,000 rounds a month. The um, They say they'll double that by 2025, but it won't happen until 2025. So they're stuck at 30,000 rounds a month. The European Union can only manage 4,000 rounds a month. That's less than a day's use by Ukraine. Russian shell production, I mean, according to the US, is now running at 200,000 rounds a month and is rising, It's still growing. And... Uh, Some people expect Russia to more than double that by next year. So that gives you the sense, you know, the lopsided state of which this is going. And we've had Stoltenberg, Ben Wallace. They say we're out out of supplies. Our supplies are now critically depleted. We can't realistically do much more except presumably send F-16s. I've always said, you know, that one of the reasons they're talking about sending F-16s is because, realistically, it's all they've got. So they're talking about sending F-16s. But that will still take months of time before it happens. In the meantime, Russia's military is getting stronger every day. Uh, More tanks, more ammunition, more infantry fighting vehicles, more aircraft. There's just been another batch of Suhoi-34s delivered to the Russian military. But of course, you don't worry about that. Ben Wallace says that they are almost out of juice as well. So perhaps Ukraine can take Crimea after all. But I don't think we need to take that particularly seriously. The fact is, Ukraine is running, Ukraine and the West are now at that point where they're, they've almost run out of road.
0: Yeah, and it seems that Russia is going on the offensive now in different yeah. areas.
1: Like, Absolutely. Marinka, for example. Absolutely. So so we've had reports that the Russians are now pressing hard on Avdevka, which looks like a big battle is coming there. Avdevka is you know, it's almost the second Bakhmut. Marinka, which is this other important town further south, not far from Vogladar, and which apparently Marinka and Vogladar are connected to each other. So Marinka falls, Vugladar's position becomes very precarious. If Vugladar falls a Ukrainian offensive in the south towards the Sea of Azov becomes very problematic because the Russians have railway lines that they can open and they're very close to the flanks of any Ukrainian advance. It would be very precarious. Anyway, uh, we've been informed by one of the Chechen commanders that he's, there's actually now been a direct order from Putin himself, no less, to finish off Marinka once and for all. The Russians occupy most of it. There's been a small area that Ukraine continues to control. I've come to the view that this was intentional, again, that the Russians left the Ukrainians in control of this sliver of Marinka because of the, they were fighting this attrition war in that area. And the Russians have now, Putin has now decided This has run its course. We now take Marinka. We take, presumably, at some point, Vuglada, We're going to encircle the Ukrainians in Avdeevka and further north, right up at the northern front, more and more information that the Russians are not only close to Kupiansk, this is this important town in Kharkov region, which Ukraine recaptured last year during the Kharkov offensive. The most important town Ukraine recaptured last year during the Kharkov offensive. The Russians are not only just outside it, but they're now steadily moving towards encircling and recapturing it. So the Russians are on the attack and the Ukrainian offensive obviously hasn't happened.
0: Alright, uh, we'll leave it there. Duran.locals.com. We are on Rockfin, Rumble, Odyssey, Bitch Shoot, and Telegram. Go to Duran shop. 10% off. Use the code. Good day. Take care.